0: Hello everyone, this is Rick with a CyberPro podcast where industry leaders share their insights. It's five questions in nine minutes because hackers never sleep. Let's get to it. I have a good friend and a former colleague of mine, David Fontana. Tell us who you are and what you do.
1: Well, so I'm David Fontana. Uh, Currently, I'm a technical program manager for AWS Security. Uh, So what my responsibilities include are uh, setting up the detection program for the corporate infrastructure, not the customer-facing side of the business. Uh, So I deal with other teams to um, kind of project out, you know, what are the current versus future threats and how do we need to sort of uh, build our program out in order to address, you know, current and future threats and prioritize those in the proper way. And then also kind of measure the program for its effectiveness and make any corrections where they need to be made. So,
0: Nice. And and this is your first curveball question. You, You used to be highly focused in another field in cybersecurity. What was that?
1: Correct. So I spent a good chunk of time in the incident response uh, space. So uh, doing investigations uh, and then, you know, I had the pleasure to build out, help build out a couple of teams uh, from scratch and and prepare them, uh, prepare the companies that I worked at for providing investigation services. So I got to see a lot of interesting um, incidents and and also participate in that build process, which is really uh, Really rewarding and and challenging at the same time. So
0: Nice. I always like to highlight where people came from because you're doing some awesome stuff with AWS, but I knew you when you were doing the incident response stuff and you were even awesome there. So it's always good to see people that are very, very good at multiple areas. Question number two-ish, right? What's the Uh, best thing about being a cyber professional?
1: So I, I guess I have a couple of answers for this. One of them is kind of the, the more obvious, you know, there's, there's technology is iterating at such a rapid pace that, you know, it's, it's never dull. You're constantly being challenged to learn new concepts, new technology, new defense mechanisms. Um, so that, that part of it is, is, is very challenging and it forces you to grow. Um, the other not so obvious one is, um, you know, the people. So I, I've been in a couple of different industries in my life and, I can say that the collection of people in cybersecurity are some of the most unique, um, have a great sense of humor, interesting hobbies, and, and I think it comes from that sort of tinker mindset uh, that most of us have. Um, so it's it's a really interesting space to work in, and you know, especially before working in incident response, it's a really uh, stressful field. So. Having people around you with you know these these interesting uh, lifestyles and great sense of humor really helps uh, nice. make things interesting.
0: I love I love it when when we talk about the people in the industry and and speaking of people, uh, yeah. colleagues and and leaders in the industry are talking about how cybersecurity is a top concern. What does that mean to you?
1: Yeah. So. You know, as an analyst, I look at that question and I say, well, why, why is that? Because it it hasn't always been the case. You know, when I started in the field, I think the prevailing mindset was, you know, it's not going to happen to me. I don't have data that, that people want. My business isn't something that somebody would want to hack, but you know, I think the mindset has shifted because. Uh, We all know someone at this point that's been a victim of of ransomware or a phishing attack of some sort or the, you know, fake IT help desk scam. Uh, So now now that it's sort of reached everyone uh, from top to bottom, uh, I think that mindset has sort of shifted to to say, well, yeah, I can be a victim. So now it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. And uh, I think that mind shift has, has helped us all, you know, as a community Uh, focus that proper attention on cybersecurity and, you know, address some of the, you know, uh, some of the lower hanging fruit at least and put some more attention where it needs to be for solving the larger problems. Uh, And and also opening up the budgets to get, you know, the proper resources in some of those spaces. So.
0: That's probably the toughest part is is opening that wallet up, right? Making sure that they're protected. Question number four, here's the meat of the podcast for you. What what piece of insight do you want to share with other cyber experts?
1: Yeah, so this, again, this may not be an obvious one, but I have a lot of folks in my network that are just starting out in the industry or have been for a few years. And I've noticed, you know, over the pandemic, people have been, uh, rightfully so, they've been taking a lot of time to go out and get those technical uh, certifications and, you know, up their technical game, which is great. And, and they, you should be doing that. Um, But one of the maybe not obvious um, parts of the game is uh, the soft skills, being able to take an idea and frame it in a very concise way to be able to uh, convey certain uh, problems and solutions to leadership. And this isn't, uh, you know, this is something that not everybody possesses, but I would encourage most people in the industry to work on that because it's an essential part of what we do. Um, As you work in the industry, you're, you're, more than likely gonna come up against that spot where, you know, um, as a younger uh, technician uh, in IT and getting into security, you know, there's, there's times where you're like, this sucks, okay? Uh, so to identify that something is bad is step one, but, you know, now you have to identify a solution and, and put some data behind it. What is, what is this going to save me money-wise or efficiency? Um, so being able to frame things in that way, in a very concise way, It's a skill that you need to build. So if you want to go back to um, researching things like building a business case, um, those are great places to start and things that are going to um, really provide value for leadership. And when you can do that, obviously doors open for you that may not have otherwise been there. Uh, You're definitely going to set yourself aside out out, uh, from your peers as well. So
0: So I'm going to add a tack on question to that because I think this is a really good point. I think we all have gone through a number of technical certifications, uh, myself, yourself included. And I like the soft skill conversation. Now I've come from, like you, I've come from different different career paths and I've learned some of those soft skills, but how do you think leaders can, can make that an initiative for especially the technology leaders? How do you think they can make that an initiative?
1: I think it's just setting the requirement. Um, I I had a, uh, leader, when I was first starting out in IT, and you know we're sol- solving problems, fixing software and hardware that you've never heard of before. Um, so the easy thing to do is just call out and say, "Has anyone dealt with this before?" Uh, what he would always say is, "What have you tried? What 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 solutions have you tried?" So it's really forcing that issue that that makes you um, go and up that part of your game. So I think for leaders to actually enforce that and and expect that out of uh, even you know junior folks as well. Uh, I think that kind of uh, helps foster that that mindset within an organization. And also you know providing some of the tools and maybe some some how to, uh, because you know some of the uh, folks uh, on the junior side and and, and uh, others may not be exposed to that as much as you are uh, you know in the C suite or uh, or on the board level. So understanding some of those techniques would also be um, very helpful.
0: Perfect, now for the fifth and final question, what is your favorite piece of retro technology that just makes you smile?
1: So, yeah, so I couldn't, I couldn't just pick one, of course. Perfect. Um, so, okay, the bag phone, the Motorola bag phone. It's just funny, I mean, it was, it was great at its time, but now, you know, when I see it and when you talk about it, it brings a smile to people's face. Uh, so that's that's one. And then the other one's not really a technology so much as it is a sound. It's that dial-up noise um, that everybody knows. And I'm I'm a nostalgic person. I'm into you know those sights and sounds and smells and tastes that bring you back to a, a time and place uh, before. And this is one of those things. And you can try it yourself. I've done it. Uh, sit in your cube. Go to YouTube. Pull up that that sound and go ahead and play it and just take a look around and see who kind of prairie dogs over the, the cube <laughs> the cube balls to see what's going on. But no, I mean, th- those are two things that, you know, absolutely make me smile and I bring them up.
0: Uh, That's amazing. Me. I remember those, the, the old AOL disc and you shove it in there and you do the dial up button and oh my God, that sound was always <laughs> a hoot. So. so great, I love that you brought those to to the table. You did it? More than five questions in nine minutes. It was epic having you on, David. Make sure you check out more episodes and insights from the Cyber Pro Podcast. My name is Rick. Stay awesome, my friends.
1: Thank you.